Thank you. Please remain standing for the reading of the scripture, which is found on page 1521, Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 through 20. Hear the word of God. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth is what makes him unclean. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. So I've told this story in the past, but I tell it again. Years ago, early 80s, my cousin, who's, I don't know, eight years younger than me, roughly, um, he was sitting in the back seat of the car with his mom, my aunt, and he said he wanted to go into the store with her. And she said, no, your feet are filthy. You're not going in the store. Of course, she was going to put his shoes back on, but still, his feet were dirty. So by the time they get to the store, he says, Mom, I can go in the store now. She said, no, I told you your feet are dirty. He says, no, they're not. I licked them clean. <laughs> and she turned around, and sure enough, they were clean. Isn't it great that what goes into the mouth is not what defiles us? Oh, I can't even think about such a thing, but he was probably five or six at the time. I love to tell him that story, too. He's now an EMT, and he, he saves people's lives, but I constantly remind him of that. So anyway, let's talk about this parable. The first time I ever read this, I thought, wow. And I examined myself. And I said to God, I said, do I have a clean heart? If that's true, is there something inside of me that needs to change? And I think we can all say yes to that. But here's the thing. Like I've been trying to tell us all these past couple weeks, we don't need to change ourselves. We can't change ourselves. We need to rely on God working with him to change us from within. Now, let's talk about the heart of the matter. I hear it all the time. Follow your heart. Do what your heart desires. And I say, no way. Don't do what your heart desires. You know why? Jeremiah, 7, Jeremiah 17, verses, verse 9. Yeah, 17, 9. The heart is the most wicked of all things. The human heart is the most wicked of all things. Human heart will lead you down the wrong path if you let it. We have so much in us, in our heart, and I'm not talking about the physical heart that pumps blood. I'm talking about our inner being. We have so much in us 
that will lead us down the wrong path. Jesus gave us a list. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony or lying. All those things come out of our heart unless God changes it. And he changes it when we allow him to change it. So this is not a message to tell you how wicked we all are. This is a message to tell you how good we can be if we allow God to change our heart. If we allow God to speak to our hearts. If we allow God to move in and change us from within. So uh, my son was four years old, maybe five. And I was outside working on something. I don't remember what it was. And all of a sudden, his mother comes up to me and says, um, your son just informed me that you're missing that D-A-M-N screwdriver. <laughs> and I went, oops. <laughs> I had said those words, okay? And my son heard it. He didn't know what that word meant, but he just assumed that, hey, go tell mom that dad's missing his screwdriver. And he did. So that got me thinking. That just naturally came out of my mouth. So what's inside my heart that is dirty that makes that word come out? Now, a lot of people will say, hey, you know, it's just a word. Yeah, it is. And it's not going to send you to hell, okay, for speaking like that. Yes, let's say your time has come for me to move on. You're looking for a new pastor and two, two people come in. One is just sitting there the whole time he's eating potato chips. You know, you're talking to him. He's just stuffing food in his mouth, Okay well-spoken otherwise. And another guy comes in, and he's just dropping cuss words all over the place. But he seems to be very intelligent. He seems to be well-dressed. Who are you going to accept? Probably the guy eating the potato chips, right? Because it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles us. It's what comes out. It's what comes out. So what do we do about the things that come out? It's not just words. It's the action that we take. If you think about the word faith, there's an acronym for it that I came up with, God gave me years ago. First action in the heart. First action in the heart. When we walk in faith, our heart engages our brain and says, this is what we should do. I don't know the outcome. I don't know the result, but I'm going to walk on in this knowing that because God said I should do this, it's going to be okay. So when faith comes out of your heart like that, and that first action is in the heart, we walk in faith, we do the things that God says. But when we put faith aside and we just walk in our own flesh, who knows what we're going to walk into? Who knows the things we're going to get ourselves into? And a lot of times, we don't want to. I want to read something to you today from the book of Romans chapter 7. And I'm going to start with verse 21. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully agree with the law of God in the inner person, but I see a different law in the parts of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, the law which is in my body's parts. Wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
so that on one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what I read there was the end of chapter 7 and the first verse of chapter 8. I say this all the time. we got to be careful not to read the Bible as, okay, I'm going to finish chapter 7, and then I'll read chapter 8 tomorrow. Because tomorrow we might look at it and say, therefore, therefore what? Or we might read John chapter 2, and we read, and on the third day, well, what happened the first two days? you got to go back to the previous chapter. When you see something like, if it starts with but, starts with therefore, and then on the third day, when it starts with things like that, read a little bit ahead or behind because it leads you into what you're reading. So if we just finish up with chapter 7 and then go into chapter 8, we miss something important. Paul is saying that I'm fighting a battle in my mind. My heart is evil. My mind wants to do right. And I find myself waging war against what God says is right and what my flesh thinks is right. But then he goes on to say, who will save me? Jesus. Only Jesus can save me from this war going on in my mind, from this battle. And then he says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What's this mean? The things that you do today, tomorrow, next week, the sinful acts that you may partake in, are they forgiven? Yes. Were they forgiven before you even did it? Yes. That's the beauty of the gospel. When Jesus died 2,000 years ago, he had you on his mind. He said, I know what these people are going to do. I know the sins they're going to commit. I know how evil they are because their hearts are full of evil. But I'm going to die for them anyway. And that day, he said, it is finished. So we don't sin and then say, oh, God, please, I sinned in. Yes, you can ask for forgiveness. That's fine. But know in your heart that you are forgiven. Because if you don't, You're going to get to the point where you're going to say, and I've heard people say this, well, I've just done so much, I might as well just give up. I've done so much that there's no way he's going to save me now, so I'm just going to go ahead and live my life the way I want and keep going down that slippery slope, down that bad path. And I'll tell you right now, those people, if they have accepted Christ into their hearts, if they believe and they have confessed their sins and said that Jesus is my Savior, even though they continue down that slope, they're going to be in heaven. That's right. They're going to be in heaven. Because that's what God has done for us. He has cleansed our heart before it was ever formed, before we were ever born. Because he knew we would accept him or not. And when you accept him, you have eternal life. John 3.35, those who believe in the Son have eternal life. Period. End of story. There's no, but what about this? Or, well, I did this. Or, you know, I thought about this. That's between you and God. Let God cleanse you. But I'm telling you, you're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. There is no condemnation. So how do we 
prevent this stuff from coming out. That's the key, right? Because it's still going to happen. Unless, unless God does something to prevent it from coming out, it's going to happen. So we need to go to another chapter in Romans, Romans chapter 12. You've heard me say this one many times. You've heard Pastor Ian say it many times. Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you present yourself to God and say, here I am. I'm sacrificing myself to you. I give it all to you. And then you renew your mind so you're not conformed to the pattern of this world. And then suddenly things start to change. Oh, maybe I'm looking for my lost screwdriver now instead of my other screwdriver. You start to change. And when those things do slip out or you slip up, there's this thought in your mind that says, oh, that was wrong. Is that your own mind telling you it was wrong? No. Your mind's telling you, yeah, let's do this again. That was fun. But it's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, that was wrong. And the Holy Spirit is the one changing you. Because when you hear that it's wrong, you're going to want to do right. Even though our bodies are full of evil, we want to do right. Paul said, I want to do the right thing, but this thing I do. He wants to do right. So the Holy Spirit starts to cleanse us on the inside. It's like taking all your dirty dishes and putting them in the dishwasher. You don't crawl inside the dishwasher and scrub each glass, right? You put them in there, you push the button, and you walk away. You come back an hour later or longer, and hopefully you got clean dishes, sometimes spotty, but they're still clean, right? And you put them on the shelf and then use them again. You didn't do the cleaning. God does the cleaning for you. You load the dishwasher, God will do the cleaning. How do I load the dishwasher? Here's one way. The wisdom and knowledge of God, as vast as it is, is found in this book, or one just like it, the Bible. When we read things, you know, you hear the stories. You might hear the story of Jesus turned water into wine. Everybody hear that story before? Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding. Where is it? It's in here. And if you start reading, and someone says, hey, read the book of John. So you read through the first chapter, and you read about a guy named John the Baptist, and you're reading about calling of disciples, and then you get to the next chapter, chapter 2, and it says, and on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And you're like, I heard that story. That wisdom of God is now coming into you, cleansing you, and you're saying, you're connecting. I heard it. Now I'm reading it. Ah, God is good. He pulls it all together for you. So you don't necessarily have to remember everything. But as you read it, you find parts that you say, okay, that makes sense to me, or I've heard that before, and it all comes together. And what's happening is the washer's spinning around and the water's shooting everywhere, and it's mixing with the soap, and it's cleansing your heart. The dishwasher's running. How's another way? Prayer. Now, you don't have to fold your hands. You don't have to get on your knees. 
That's reference. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't let people or any institution tell you, this is the way we pray. We place thumb against thumb, index finger against index finger. You know, they can go through the whole list, and the hand has to be so far from the heart, you have to say specific words, get away from me, Satan. That's religion. That's baloney. You want to pray, you just say, hey, God, how are you today? I'm having a bad day. Can you help me out? Or, hey, God, thank you for those answered prayers. Or, hey, God, I'm about to leave the house today. Or my favorite is, God, I I can't do this anymore. I need your help. There's no way I'm going to succeed. So be with me. Now I'm going to get out of bed. Because that's really what it is. Every day we need him like that. So just pray. And then come to church and fellowship with others and worship God. And you can worship God while you're driving down the road. You don't even have, you can play Christian music. You can play whatever you want. You can just be talking to God. You can, it doesn't matter what you do. You can throw your hands in the air. You can keep them on the wheel. I don't care. Just as long as your heart's engaged with God. When you're worshiping, when you're praying, when you're reading the Bible, God is cleansing you on the inside. You see, you're feeding yourself spiritually. Did you guys ever hear of that guy that he did a documentary for one whole month? He ate at McDonald's, and he supersized it every single time. And he gained a bunch of weight. The documentary was called Supersize Me, and it was very unhealthy for him. He started to have health problems. When you put garbage into your body, you're going to be physically garbage. When you put garbage into your spirit, that's what's going to come out of your heart. And there's plenty of garbage in this world especially with the internet nowadays. But when you put good food into your body, if you eat vegetables and fruits and, and, and proteins and you know whatever the doctors are saying these days, it changes all the time. When you do that, you start to feel healthy, right? Might, might even lose weight. When you put worship and prayer and reading the Bible and spending time with God, when you put all that into your heart, That's what comes out. You want to change your behaviors? You want to stop doing whatever you're doing? Put that stuff into your heart, and it will come out. If you continue, then that's just going to continue, and the bad stuff, the bad stuff's going to continue to come out. And again, I am not standing up here to pass judgment on anyone, because I'm putting myself first in line to start cleaning up. Please don't talk to Tanya. She'll tell you some stories you don't want to hear. (laughs) Look at her. She's like, come to me. (laughs) Let me tell you. No, we're all sinful people, okay? But when we take the time to engage God, he rewards us with a clean heart. When we take time to load that dishwasher and let God push that button and start swirling that water around, mm, it changes our lives. But he won't do it unless we come to him. You see, God is the greatest, no, he is the greatest gentleman in all of history. He will never force you, never force you to do anything. He won't force you to come to him. He'll nudge you. He'll woo you. He won't force you. You have to make that decision to say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. You have to make that decision. I can't make it for you. 
The person sitting next to you can't make that decision for you. We can pray for you. We can ask God to keep wooing you. But you have to make that decision. And that's the first step. And then you have to make the decision that I'm going to give up whatever. And I, don't, I know, there are sometimes it's hard to give things up. And God doesn't expect you to give it all up immediately. A step at a time. Give up one thing. Then the next day or next week or next year, give up another thing. He'll work with you right where you are. Religion tells us, you have to give this up right now if you're coming to this church. We don't do that in this church. Or religion says, you have to give this up or you're going to hell. Religion's of the devil. We don't need religion in our lives. We don't need it in this church. Let's kick it out. We don't need religion. We need God. And God says, I'm meeting you right here because I love you. I know you're doing this, this, and this. And he's got a list of things. He says, I know you're doing it. But you know what? Let's work on this one first. And then we'll go to that one and that one and that one. And we may never get to the fifth one, but I'm still going to bring you into heaven because I died for you. He is not going to give up on you ever. Like I asked last week, how many of you would give up on your kids? No way. No way. And he's not giving up on his kids either. Because you are a child of God. You are the redeemed of God. You are washed in the blood of the Lamb. You are forgiven of your sins. Now let him clean your heart. It's a wonderful thing to fall into the hands of the Almighty God and let him change us from within. And we all get to do it. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this amazing gift, this amazing life, this amazing story that's continually being written. Lord, many of us come extremely broken by sin, by sorrow, by loss, by death, defeat, illness. Lord, we carry so much and we bring it to you right now, Lord, because we don't want to carry it any longer. We set it at your feet and we say, here it is. Now come into our hearts and clean. Remove these things that are burdening us. Restore us, renew us, make us whole again. Because we need you, Lord. We need you. We're loading the dishwasher, Father. Turn it on and clean us up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.